Yeah, they had us the first half, I'm not gonna lie. They had us, we weren't defeated, but they had us. But it took guts, it took an attitude, that's all it takes. You're listening to the Off Court Podcast on the Harbinger Media Network. It's very important that you support the Harbinger Media Network. Harbinger, Harbinger. And especially support the Mind Refinery, which is producing this show, and uh, Passage, where I've been published. It's the online journal of left Canadian thought and opinion. You can find that one at readpassage.com. And on the Harbinger Media Network, you can hear great shows. Hello, hello. You are listening to the Off Court Podcast. Uh, you heard the pre-roll, so you know exactly who's sponsoring us and what network we're on. Um, I'm not saying this because I forgot both of those things right now. We are recording this on April 7th, 2021. Uh, this is going to be an interesting episode. This is actually going to be a reverse Off Court uh, because neither me nor Aton brought the research, the discussion, or anything like that. No, we are joined from the from the broken social scene of podcasting. We are joined by Clinton of the Alberta Advantage. It's it's broken social scene because there's nine million members, and everyone mm, in Alberta yes. knows one of them. Uh, at I, least I have one the of beard, them. so I have the beard, so I think I'm Brendan Canning. <laughs> Yeah, and I I think I think a uh, uh, bass guitar would be the only guitar I could wrap my head head around. I have like I have really sh- uh, small hands. Uh, the Trump ears were tough for me. I'm a short fingered vulgarian, um, and uh, so I just can't play guitar. Uh, I tried once, and they were just like, "Put your fingers on these two frets," and I was like, "That's physically impossible, son." <laughs> if, the, if there's a broken social scene of podcasting, I hope there's a Slipknot of podcasting that's sort of the equivalent in terms of members and is the opposite environment. Sorry. What would be the, what would be the Slipknot? That would just be the Joe Rogan podcast, I guess. The Joe, if the Joe Rogan podcast had like twenty members, yeah, yeah. just all the the misogyny and sexual harassment uh, claims against them, <laughs> right? Yeah, kind of like what we're gonna get into, but maybe but yes. Do you uh, do you want to introduce yourself first? Because yes. I don't think we got your name. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, I'm Clinton Hallahan. Uh, I am a uh, member of the uh, large. Um, commune uh, that lives in the hinterlands of alberta that does a podcast called alberta advantage Uh, i mostly do the newsletter though because those guys do like a lot of research and they have like scripts um and i I just can't i can't focus i'm sitting there making like jokes about my little pony and they're like oh my god we have studio time please let's move on um and uh so yeah i do their newsletter um if you want if you listen to alberta advantage but you don't subscribe to the newsletter you're missing all the b-sides where we just kind of goof off and not be as rigorous so that's where i am that's my little fife dam we are recording this uh, episode a day after. I mean, I'm not even going to call them allegations. A day after proof, um, like <laughs> yeah. horrific proof of uh, Darius Morris, uh, former Laker draft pick slash currently rostered on the Santa Cruz Warriors came out of him. Uh, like, yeah, of him doing domestic violence to his girlfriend, uh, who then you know, secretly recorded a video of it and threw it online. Uh, it's pretty horrific. It's Jesus. like definitely jail worthy. I mean, the, there's so much fucked up about that. Like, um, we'll also be recording a trigger warning and putting it at the top of the episode. But, uh, uh, just in general, um, if you look it up a huge trigger warning, cause the images and video are like extremely graphic and extremely upsetting. 
Um, but yeah, he is uh, at the moment, uh, at the time of recording, he is still uh, rostered by the Santa Cruz Warriors. Uh, it has been two days since these, uh, since this video came out, um, and they have not, you know, sent him to the depths of hell or charged him with domestic assault. I mean, like it's it's incredibly fucked. And like the worst part is, is like his mom is involved and was like accusing the girlfriend of like, well, you should have just given him your phone. You know what I mean? And then Fuck. this wouldn't have happened. Like, it's incredibly fucked up. Anyway, this guy's a piece of shit. He, uh, he put his Instagram on private, uh, but, um, you know, has basically not said anything about it. There's nothing you really can say at that point. Um, but yeah, uh, as per Shams and Woj, he is still playing basketball at this point in time. Uh, probably not for much longer, but, uh, but yeah, no, um, it's pretty bad. Uh, in other news, the Raptors got shit kicked by the Lakers last night. <laughs> well, and I was going to bring up, you know, it, 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 it's good that you bring up the story, and I'm br- I want to bring up the Raptors as well, just to paint the sort of uh, precedent that uh, sports leagues usually set to these kinds of situations. And we had just, I know we recorded all, already near trade deadline, but we had just traded. Uh, Terrence Davis the second to um, the Sacramento Kings recently for a couple of uh, draft picks, um, which is uh, you know wasn't too much news at first, but then Terrence Davis last week was uh, made available to the media for the first time this year. He was not made available to the media while he was a Raptor in his second year following his uh, domestic abuse and which endangerment is of a child. The CBA, by the way. Is it? Is it? Yeah, they have to. Every every player has to make a media appearance at least once, right? Um, especially if they have like a good game. Like there's some rules around it, but yeah, I remember doing some like cursory re- research. Like clear CBA violation. Like the Raptors were breaking the rules, and the NBA was just like, we get it. You know what I mean, like, we get it. The Toronto the Toronto press is super woke. We get it. No, I'm joking. Like I just. <laughs> it's funny that we are constantly, it's just great that you bring up that story. And I'm thinking about Terrence Davis and we're the subject we're about to talk about. We're going to probably recount, you know, several other, other uh, incidents similar to that one and how these are just perpetual problems. So, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll have a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. Uh, We could probably every other sentence we're going to have to say that. So we apologize in advance. Um, Thank you. Clint also for agreeing to uh, discuss such a hard subject with us, by the way. No problem. And thank you guys so much for having me on. I've been a fan of the podcast, but I was just honestly looking for an outlet because Deshaun, and, and as I'll discuss in a little bit, Deshaun Watson, um, he was somebody that was really easy to root for. Um, and he was somebody that everybody was really excited to spend the next, you know, probably 15 years with. Um, and uh, uh, this, this all, you know, uh, I'm very much at the lower lower end of the totem pole in terms of emotional impacts of this of uh, what he's been doing and his crimes, but it was just really like I woke up and I saw this and I was like of all the people in the NFL I had lulled myself into thinking not not Deshaun Deshaun is a, a stand up guy um, I could you know list off the top of my head ten NFL players that I would expect this from before Deshaun Watson and uh, apparently that has been part of his manipulation um because uh it's all extraordinarily bad um and um yeah so for so the top top line here is that Deshaun Watson uh quarterback for the Houston Texans football team in the National Football League has has um all but 
proven to be a uh, serial rapist. Sorry, yeah. it should be mentioned. Everything in this podcast, as the time of recording, is alleged, and yeah. just consider it alleged, even if we uh, miss the yes. word alleged. <laughs> yes, at, at at present, it at present it is uh, still in the courts. Um, it has been at least one complaint has been submitted to uh, Houston Police Department, um, and uh, yes, it currently is. It currently stands at a. Uh, he said, she 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 said, um, I think I got the count right. Um, so before, before I get into Dushan though, um, I know, uh, we were talking a little bit about your guys' contact with football. Um, uh, so we can kind of start at what I think are the main pillars and i want to give you some characters to give you a, a context for what Deshaun's coming into uh football of course uh turn-based real-time uh trading card game um it's got some procedural ran- randomness um and it's kind of like advanced wars that is, yeah it's kind uh, it's kind of like an americanized Yu-Gi-Oh. you know they yeah. they basically they basically exactly. got their inspiration directly yeah. from there I mean, yeah it, the sport that's like is proven why the uh, why the NCAA is probably the worst uh, sports institution in the world, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is a very high bar to clear. Yeah, yeah, um, it's, uh, that that of course was Tim Rogers doing his review of football, and yeah, you're absolutely right. They do instead of a farm team system, they have slaves. It's they a plantation a system. system. That's yeah. that's yeah. what it is. Like it's uh, like full credit to to you know. Derek Silva and and the crew at um, End of Sport for mm. helping normalize the declaration of college sports as plantation dynamics because I'm yeah. I'm extremely for it. It's uh it's bad and like you know as you mentioned football trickles up right like it's not just a plantation system and it's like youth element. It's also um you know one of the major drivers of American patriotism, jingoism, uh you know all that shit. Relationship between the Tennessee Titans and the men and women stationed at Fort Campbell is not a new one. However, in the last few months, that relationship has grown in powerful ways. We've always had a close relationship with the 101st Airborne, and between them coming to our games and having the game day experience with them and Mike and John doing programs with them, we became very close. Yeah, and it, uh, and, and as somebody who used to play, I used to play... Um, football i used to uh, be a nose tackle um which is on the defensive line if you have one guy right in the middle who is smashing his face into the offensive line and trying to uh, make the ball hit the ground that's what i did for a little while and then i also was on the other side um smashing my face into that guy trying to prevent him from making the ball hit the ground yeah using your athleticism right Uh, learning how to to learning how to fulfill your body's uh, abilities in an athletic uh, context. It's it's funny that we don't call the NFL's pay structure and the way their contracts work in similar, like a sort of the glamorized version of how you just described NCAA Abdul. Like there is the same kind of like plantation rule extends, but just with millions of dollars attached to it, when you consider the pay scales and when you compare it to other leagues, which is something that not a lot of people are willing to talk about as much. It only to me seems to come up when people are talking about like CTE and those kinds of injuries that when there's so many other things that make playing in the NFL 
essentially, especially harder compared to other sports. It's it's pretty interesting because like we're used to, like you and me especially, Aton, are very used to stuff like basketball free agency, um, which mm-hmm. is pretty straightforward. But like, I didn't realize until recently, um, it's actually very hard for an NFL player to become a free agent. It is like yes. they're locked in and their contracts. You know, when you hear about um, who's the guy on the uh, on the Chiefs, um, um, Patrick Mahomes, when he when he signs a five hundred million dollar contract, it's very unlikely he'll see most of that money. Yeah. Like the way they structure out contracts and stuff is actually incredibly predatory. Yeah. yeah Mahomes' yeah. contract is is significant in the fact of how much um, guaranteed money he actually has. Um, and uh uh, the the intensity of the NFL incentive structure, especially for skill positions, wide receiver, quarterback, and stuff like that, are are it's really 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 bad. And it's even worse is like depending on where you're taken on the draft. Uh, I don't have the exact um, conditions in front of me, but if you're like a top five pick in the draft, you'll actually get paid significantly less than the person taken in like the 25th or 30th spot in your first couple mm-hmm. years. And you're going to be on that very plum rookie contract for the first like couple of years. So if you're 22, you get drafted in the first first round or whatever, they pretty much own you for those first, you know, four or five years, there's a fifth year option um, and uh, at an extremely low rate. So if you get hurt in your fourth year, right before getting a contract like uh after having say one you know having you're essentially beholden to the goodwill of your of the owners um who are all by and large billionaires but have one of the most plum cbas and relationship with their union of, of any professional sports um and that's a major problem when it comes to the fact that the average um playing uh the average career in the nfl is three years um, and you will you will play on average 15 unpaid years of contact football in the United States to get into the NFL for those three years. And tw- so that brings us to our first major issue with the NFL, which is that 21% of people who play in high school will get CTE. CTE is when you, uh, not when you get hit in the head really hard and your brain gets neurological damage, it's when you get hit in the head 60 to 80 times per game. Um, And that does not include um, practices. Um, You're probably going to start hitting other people when you're between, depending on when you were born, between 10 and 13 years of age. Um, in the United States. Um, and it just shrivels up your brain like a piece of coral. And to a certain extent, you have this in in uh, contact sports like hockey, um, but 91% of college and 99% of NFL players will get CTE. Henry and his wife Pam say life has become a constant struggle, marked by depression, memory loss, and bouts of anger. All symptoms associated with dementia-related illnesses, which Henry believes stem from repeated blows to the head. Football doesn't give you an expiration date. You just expire. Both ankles, both knees, both elbows, both wrists, all my fingers have been broken. I've had 10 concussions or more. I've had at least 17 surgeries, 17. And I've, I'm, I'm still getting them. <laughs> um, and it's a major, major fucking problem because you know, a lot of a lot of football is about physics and 
getting as low to the ground as possible. And so when we talk about the offensive and defensive lines, you're getting as low as possible and the other guy's trying to get as low as possible. So head and head on head contact is almost unavoidable despite all the, despite all the rule changes that you hear about. Those are mostly to spare quarterbacks from getting killed. That was uh, one of the things where the XFL actually innovated in their most recent season, right? Was they, was it they mm. they reduced the number of times that would happen through? Uh, I can't remember which rule. You'd probably know better than mm. I would. I, I I cannot recall. I actually uh, I do not know anything about the XFL, um, uh, and forgot that it was playing last, <laughs> the last or whenever it was playing. It um, was about it was about to start, and then they had to stop because of coronavirus. Because like yeah. the funding was just too little to you know. It was eliminating safety issues with kickoffs. Mm. Yeah, and uh, that so was the, a big one. Yeah, the kickoff has been modified in the NFL as well, and and uh, to essentially allow the person catching the ball to say, "I'm just going to stop right here. Please don't hit me," um, which is very good because those 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 guys were always getting killed. Um, so CTE, you get very impulsive behavior. You can't think. Um, you get a lot of depression, a lot of um, memory loss, um, difficulty, you know, uh, you can't carry out a task. You'll just, your executive function, you'll just start doing something and then stop. And it's crazy because you get to see it quite a bit. Um, like when you watch like um, HBO's like hard knocks, you see like offensive linesmen and stuff like that. And they'll just start like flying off the handle. There was um, a real housewives um version the one of uh, uh real housewives of the potomac so kind of like the virginia dc area and uh, um, a lineman named chris samuels he was on there and people he was just constantly flying off the the handle at his wife at his kids and eventually everybody's like dude that guy has cte and they had to like put out they, they they like went on instagram to say no 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 we didn't i don't have cte what are you guys talking about you're just talking bullshit but it's it's really really quite obvious in a lot of people when they have severe CTE. Yeah, um, I mean, there, there's so much. Uh, you know, I think this is the problem I have with football. I still enjoy watching it every yeah. now and then, but I think the problem with football is there's just like so much mainstream evidence about this stuff. Like, you know, the Junior Shea uh, or show, sorry, um, documentary that came out on HBO recently, yeah. the Aaron Hernandez documentary that just came out on Netflix, and it's all these like visceral depictions of what can happen when somebody is suffering from CTE mm-hmm. uh, continuously and sort of the implications of that. You know, and concussion came out with Will Smith. Like, yet there's this like continuous, perpetual like propaganda to hide yeah. the stuff, and it's like it's really weird. It's like watching like I don't know. It's like rooting for the IDF when you're yeah. rooting for the <laughs> NFL. You know, and there's just always yeah. something behind it, even though they're doing really cool dances on TikTok or whatever. And to to do that propaganda, the people that they they tap um, and and ask for the same lawyers, lobbyists, and and uh, think tanks that um, defended the tobacco industry for a long time. There's significant evidence of collusion between um, those two apparatuses mm-hmm. um, because the NFL knows that they're running into an, a, a liability and insurance problem in the future. They've mostly got around their their lawsuit. Uh, problem by um, settling with a whole bunch of former players and giving them chump change. Um, but they know that they, they know that eventually people are going to stop putting their kids into the sport and their talents 
their talent pool is going to shrivel up. I mean, Patrick Mahomes almost did not play professional football because he was such a good baseball player. And uh, a lot of people <laughs> encouraged him not to. <laughs> they said, please go play baseball. Um, but uh, yeah, there. Uh, yeah. So as early uh, as early as like the early 90s, you had Justin Strelchek and he got pulled over just like a minor like fender bender in rush hour traffic that turned into a 40 mile chase uh, in uh, northern New York with police. Um, and then he smashed into a um, in, into a truck like carrying like industrial acid. Jesus. Um, Jesus and he Christ. didn't do anything like he wasn't and they, they did an autopsy afterwards and he wasn't under the influence of, of alcohol or drugs or anything like that. He was totally fine. He just that impulse control um, and that that distance from reality from CTE. Um, yeah, he was only 36 and he threw himself into this huge 40 mile chase. And um, here, here's a here's a good quote. This is from the Pittsburgh Herald Tribune. Um, this is Jerome Bettis talking about this, another really good player from running back. He was a scrapper. He always got the job done. He did whatever he had to do to beat the guy on the other side. Occasion occasionally he'd vomit and spit on himself in the huddle. Half of it was to throw the defensive guys off, and half half of it was he just kind of liked it. He was that kind of guy. So they, <laughs> yeah. they uh, donated his brain to science, and uh, the the doctor who looked at his slides said, "If I didn't know anything about him, I thought he was a boxer." So, that's a great quote from a doctor to be fair yeah it, like I, exactly and it's, it, it kind of shows its age too because if it was in 2020 and somebody had severe cte in their brain they'd be like this guy looks like a football player so you i think that's i think that's really the core here and the way that this the deshaun watson is going to be evaluated is with every, everything in the nfl from the uh, after the last 15 years or so now is going to be seen through the lens of CTE and whether or not these players are in control of themselves um, and whether or not their impulse control is, is going, is, is up to snuff. And I think in, especially in Deshaun Watson's case, I think you'll start seeing it as legal defenses to try and soft, to try and reduce their, their, uh, sentences i guess which is the only time you ever hear about it right like to to make this a mainstream message espn and fox sports are gonna have to start talking about cte and a sexual assault allegation against Deshaun watson in the same uh segment i just don't see the producers allowing that to happen because it never does it's like one of those things where you know there's this like awful trend when players are uh, accused of, of stuff like domestic assault or like domestic battery. Um, the, the article always starts or ends with their stat line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is yep. almost always like a man, like in my head, it's either a mandate of sports media or it's a mandate of, you know, the journalists, employers or whatever. Right. Like yeah. now a hundred percent, like when these allegations come out, the quickest thing you're going to come to is a conclusion that it's CTE related right and the agent or their manager or the team is going to put that out to media and make sure that runs for when the story breaks right like that is instinctively that's where it feels like it's gonna go i'm also by the way coming on to this episode well halfway through the oscar pistorius duck yeah um which is like a, a very interesting place to come to this from uh, and i watched the baylor murder documentary yesterday um yeah. Where they used like the the psychosis defense, which uh, allegedly was was pretty manufactured, right? Like, yeah. 
um, and made sure that like led the story. And uh, you know, you could argue Baylor's role in perpetuating that as well. Um, and that that tension between taking the neurology seriously and taking it not seriously is is just it weaves itself in and out of how the NFL, how the media, and how fans. Um, look at this stuff. In the case of um, Darren Sharper, Darren Sharper was a safety, which is, you know, he's the last line of defense between typically an offense and, and a touchdown, which means that he is typically running the fastest, one of the fa fastest running people on the field, launching himself into other human beings. Um, shortly after he retired, um, he went on what can only be described as a, as a spree of, of drugging and raping women. Um, he was investigated for raping at least nine women in Miami, New Orleans, Arizona, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas. Um, and he, uh, during his sentencing in New Orleans, uh, 16 more people came, came forward, the ones that did not factor into the charges saying that this, that he had also uh, assaulted them. He had uh, an associate, a former sheriff's deputy um, uh, named, uh, 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 I believe is Mark Licardi. And uh he would provide they would both provide each other with what they called horny juice um and he, they would send text messages being like she's on that poison she's ready um and they would like Yikes. They, it, yeah it was and so he they would they had a very significant plan of attack they always crossed state lines and uh they um drugged and, and raped these uh, a significant amount of, of women um he is such a th the the state believes he is such a threat um, that when if when he when he gets out, um, he will no longer uh, he'll be forced to stay in Arizona. He can't drink alcohol or go to a bar. He can't use online dating. He cannot travel more than fifteen miles or fifty miles away from his house without permission from the state. And they will also um, monitor his penis um, using what's called a penile plasmograph. Um, and they will flash sexual images at him, clockwork orange style. Yo, to... America is insane. Yeah, um, <laughs> sorry. That's I'm I'm learning more about America's crazy yeah. like authoritative practices now. Maybe yeah. I am a. Maybe so, I'm going to start doing those China USA comparisons online a lot more now. Exactly. Sorry. I'm so being this too guy... jokey in a serious subject. I apologize. No, no, not at all. <laughs> this guy, he is seen as such a threat by the state that they're going to put all those conditions on him but still yeah he will be under consideration for the hall of fame for in the nfl and a lot of people are out there being like no you got to only judge him for his on uh for his on field uh, i mean uh, behavior america is, is oh sorry continue this is this is in contrast with like somebody like Terrell Owens, a really great wide receiver who was essentially like put in timeout for with the hall of fame just because he was an asshole nobody liked him so it's <laughs> this is this is this this is the tension between how the NFL deals with its shit and and what you're going to see with Deshaun Watson is whether anything has changed and whether or not because now we're now we're in this is the first really huge one of these that the NFL has uh, had to deal with uh, the criminality of one of their players. Um, uh, it, it's it's worth mentioning. Sorry, just not to cut you off at the top no, no. that. Deshaun Watson, uh, if he's not a shoe in for the Hall of Fame yet, he getting he he was on the cusp, I would say, right? Yeah. Like he's one Super Bowl away yeah. from from a a guaranteed Hall of Fame spot. He was when when uh, it seemed like the Dolphins were going to trade Tua for him. Um, 
I remember the group chat, not to call them out, uh, were all telling me it's a great deal <laughs> and the Dolphins would be <laughs> stupid to not take it, right? But like, Yeah, and yeah. I, would, I would agree with that assessment in my yeah is i was i was just gonna say you know it's funny hearing these the stories about deshaun watson and the commentary about what's gonna happen to him in his career based on Mm -hmm. this when antonio brown just happened like i know the allegations against him weren't even like half as horrifying and i guess on a scale level too if we're gonna compare which i'm not trying to do that like i remember all the commentary on sports radio and everything was that antonio brown's out of the league we're never going to see him again and then i sort of forgot about him and then there i see his stupid face and his mustache on my screen while the super bowl was happening you know yeah uh deshaun watson's best friend isn't the greatest player of all time um and that's that's the big thing right is like if tom brady is vouching for you you can come play again and win a super bowl Right, talent over um, morals. Yeah, yeah, just a just a wonderful guy. Uh, said, "Oh yeah, okay, you're uh, potentially beating the allegedly potentially beating the shit out of your you know partners in domestic violence. Well, come live with me and come play for Tampa Bay, and we'll win a Super Bowl together." He's uh, he's a delightful man. Yeah. So and and so how the NFL deals uh, with uh, men who are accused uh, or in a lot of cases convicted um, of this stuff, you know, goes back. Uh, a long way. Ray Rice of the uh, Baltimore Ravens, there was um, very clear uh, surveillance camera video of him in an argument with uh, his fiance, then fiance, uh, I believe they're still married. Um, And he, Ray Rice, an incredible player, an incredibly athletic player, he one punches her into unconsciousness in an elevator um, in a hotel. And uh, she goes completely horizontal, completely polaxed, and it's it's horrible, horrible to watch. Just just ruthless video. Um, the the NFL would vacillate between saying there's no video and we've seen the video. Um, the NFL would also some to some people was saying we've seen the same video as the police and that's what's informing what we're gonna do here with Ray Rice. And then all of a sudden the PR machine starts cranking away. You got like New York magazine having like um, having his wife, Janae, um, be like, well, well, we were both, you know, drunk and tired. And, you know, uh, I do deeply regret, regret the role that I played in that incident. That Jesus. Yeah. As the, the, that's the big quote. And uh, his um, there, it's, it's unclear what, it's unclear why Ray Rice, I think it was just the time. It was just like kind of the, the, you know, Obama years where I guess we didn't care as much, but he, he got a slap on the wrist, two game suspension, three game checks. That's it. And there was video and it was like, it was something that you would be, you'd be canceled out of polite society for, I believe in, in, in 2020, but it really informed how the NFL um, deals with this kind of stuff. Um, and aside from domestic violence, you can go all the way up to murder. Uh, anybody with a Netflix uh, subscription can watch a great documentary on Aaron Hernandez, uh, shot and killed his friend uh, Odin Lloyd. Um, and when he was murdered, um, this is this kind of goes back to the guaranteed money and stuff like that. He they they cut him from the team, so he immediately forfeited nineteen point three million dollars, but. If he died before um, before going through his entire appeals process, he would actually be found not guilty in the eyes of the court. So his family could sue for the salary and what what he was 
would say that they would essentially sue the New England Patriots who we played for at the time um, and say, hey, you uh, he was innocent of all these charges and you dismissed him without cause. Um, what's the role of the players union mediating all of this? The players union in the uh, NFL is one of the most uh, ineffectual, feckless fucking uh, apparatuses in the in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's great great player and comrade Eric Reed, um, and he he desperately like tried to get on all these um, like committees and stuff like that to try and get the little guy you know more money, the people who only have like three year careers, get rookies better stuff, get better. Um, stop it so they keep stop them from uh expanding the schedule every fucking year because the injury rate in the nfl is 100 percent and there's just too many games to keep people healthy and eric reed eventually he he did his best but he's eventually just like they didn't want to hear it they're 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 captured opposition in the case of aaron hernandez you know all, all that stuff happened the nfl reversed course from its domestic violence stuff and when it came to 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 murder um they immediately distanced themselves from him um and i think i think that was because right at the time that all the cte stuff was flaring up he was 27 he donated his brain to science um and he uh he had the um the CT, the the stage three CTE, which is roughly the CTE they'd expect in somebody twice his age. Um, and again, he is from like the entrenched uh, 80s and 90s uh, talent pipeline that would have him playing contact sports from like age 10 um, all the way through college, yada, yada. So he, and, and that's again, it's just like, is CTE, how much responsibility does cte have when uh acts of violence come out of uh nfl players current and and former and uh, again i'm trying to prep everybody with this context because when it comes to deshaun watson there's almost a zero percent chance that they won't try to explain some of this away do you think this way do you think it'll ever come to a point where the where the um players uh, union will implement a clause that like guarantees early release for players or guarantees them something if they get accused of something like sexual assault like i'll give you some actual real life context for that i had to renegotiate i have an agent now for my writing and i had to renegotiate a contract and then in that contract when i looked it over there's something called a me too clause Oh, wow. Which guarantees if, say, I'm found to have like done anything right in the process of writing a project, yeah. I am owed a percentage of money that would have been owed to me outright. And I remember reading it and then calling my agent and saying, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like, who do you think I am? And she yeah, was yeah, like, I Abdul, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this yeah. is now standard contract language in yeah, every this contract. Yeah, the Max Landis clause. Yeah, this is basically the Max Landis clause, and this is going out... Like, if you think I'm the only person who's doing this, you're fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is standard contract language in all writing agreements for screenwriting, right? I'm like, okay, I'm not in a unionized position. Agents, their job is to make sure you get paid so they get paid. I understand it. Uh, now, the culpability of unions within this, as we've seen with like Terrence Davis in the NBA, has been fairly obstructive, right? Uh, very yeah. understandably, because that's the, technically the role of a union. Do you think we'll ever get to that point with, with the NFLPA? Uh, I do not. Uh, I honestly think that the 
the desperation from the majority of players is such that they were all they're they're frequently always ready to uh sign on the dotted line for what increases they are they are given um they are uh because it's so physical, because the careers are so right. short, and because um, the labor underclass of the NFL is so is so the majority of the of the uh, uh, of the employees, um, they're just they're just in a a complete culture of desperation, and uh, there's just no no fight in them. There used to be um, there was there was lots of strikes, um, and even then, when there was strikes, like with the New York Jets. Um, uh, back in the, I believe, mid '80s, um, you had the guys who weren't quarterbacks, who weren't or wide receivers and stuff like that, and they would go up to all their all their guys and be like, "Guys, I'm an offensive lineman. Guys, I'm a kicker. I got a scab. Please give me permission to scab, um, because I, if I don't, I'm fucked and I'm gonna lose my house." Um, and uh, the and the players in that in, in general allowed them to scab. Um, and said, you know what? With our blessing, you can scab. Um, one of the one of the strangest things. There's a great um, John Boys did a great mini documentary on that strike um, that I uh, highly recommend uh, anybody check uh, everybody check out because it's uh, uh, it's um, has this one really great moment where I believe it was the Teamsters and you guys working a movie? You're saying we're not working? Oh, I always wanted to be a Teamster. So lazy and surly. Mind if I relax next to you? The stevedores, um, they came, they came, uh, uh, they were they were on the picket line. The t- the Jets team was on the picket line, but uh, fans kept coming to watch like the scab teams play. Um, and uh, the Teamsters and the Stevedores came and they with trucks and blocked the parking lot and uh, started just like heckling and harassing any fucking person who would come to watch the the scab Jets. The thirty for thirty year of the scab uh, is also a very fascinating watch. Mm-hmm. Um, although it takes a say a much different perspective on uh it's far yeah. more sympathetic to scabs than you know i think most would like in general in general the nfl's response to to criminality or alleged criminality is much uh more chill if uh the victims are women um uh, in 2013 uh dan snyder is a piece of shit he uh uh, runs owns the Washington um, uh, football team, me uh, Washington Redskins, um, and uh, he recently just bought more shares in it. Uh, everybody was thinking he was getting pushed out, but he actually is now trying to own the team outright instead of the uh, ownership group. Um, and he wants it to be like a family thing. Um, in uh, 2013, he uh, took a, a whole bunch of VIPs, sponsors, yada, 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 down to Costa Rica. And he brought uh, pretty much the entire cheerleading core uh, for the Washington football team. They had them essentially serve as escorts for the male uh, sponsors while they were down there. Um, uh, the were not paid for their work outside of like um like uh outside of room and board um and they were subjected to essentially 13 hour 14 hour work days um and they were like at night they were like 
yeah, they would be expected to like pair up with one of these sponsor executives to take them out and go drinking and dancing and stuff like that. Um, and he tries, uh, Dan Snyder, he tried to, um, to export this as well. He thought, uh, he thought one thing that cricket in India lacked was cheerleading. Um, and so pretty much. Upper... <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the Indian. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, it's very on brand for like these. Cause if you think the, the NFL is like a jingoistic, horrific display of patriotism and like, at, like basically advertising like Indian cricket is like being plugged into the clockwork orange machine. <laughs> like it's like, uh, so yeah, that's very funny. They looked at all of that. And his analysis yeah. was there isn't enough stimulus. Oh, yeah, we need so more this... stimulus. So Dan Snyder, despite all this, he's just only like increased in his power in the NFL. Um, and, uh, you know, he, uh, at the time, this is from Deadspin, editorials derided the Redskins cheer women and their cheering as Ferengi, a term that for centuries has been applied to unwelcome white foreigners. Government officials lumped the visiting cheerleaders in with, quote, bar girls, which throughout Asia is tantamount to hooker. Dan Snyder's a fucking idiot, but it just goes to show that if you do uh, anything um, you know, inappropriate or potentially criminal with women with regards to the NFL, you will mostly be fine. You know, there, there is uh, the, uh, there's pretty much nobody whose career was completely destroyed because of their treatment of women, which brings us to Deshaun Watson, um, a really incredible player. Um, he in football, you should not be able to have one player change the game day to day that they that somebody like Deshaun Watson can and Patrick Mahomes has this as well in that he's such an incredible passer and runner that it just makes defenses shrivel they don't have enough people around to to deal with it that's that's kind of what Mahomes does is he's just such a threat everywhere you just can't do anything about it just mitigate that's it um and he's he was up until a month ago two months ago seen as a scion of the community like a, a leader in houston culture um everybody that you would talk to would say deshaun watson nicest guy i ever met deshaun watson a role model um houston texans quarterback deshaun watson says it is his turn to make a difference in the lives of others. He launched the Deshaun Watson Foundation today. It's a nonprofit dedicated to helping families and youth in underserved communities. The foundation's first event is set for October 29th. It will host a Halloween bash at ProVision Academy. That's in Sunnyside. The foundation will provide free costumes for the students who will have the chance to participate in a fun and safe trick or treat environment. Good move for him. Houston. Even, um, you know, Houston's old, uh, uh, old role model JJ Watt another Houston Texans player he was just like he's the nicest guy ever I feel really bad that the Texans with their poor play wasted a year for him of you know a short career and uh and uh, you know said just weeks like just a week before Deshaun Watson allegations came out that you know all he wished was for Deshaun Watson to be happy somewhere um this is also so all coming off the heels of him uh working with a lot of activists in the Black Lives Matter movement this summer, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he he was somebody that they they really wanted to build up to be the, like a franchise player, but also like an incoming iconic Hall of Fame 
player and he had an incredible year despite you know being on just like a basement team and it just yeah it just it, it, to describe quarterbacks in in the NFL right now is the, the 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 parallels to LeBron James really come out because they have a short career they only have so many years to uh uh use their talents and so now uh, with tom brady as kind of the model they are moving into i'm going to be a little assistant general manager here i'm going to tell you what i need uh and you're to a certain extent the organization is going to bend to my needs or else i'm going to make trouble and during the off season the entire football world one almost 100 percent of the of the football world was behind Deshaun Watson because they had a ter- they had a terrible year. They fired their coach. Their interim coach wasn't great. Um, and then he said, "I want." There's so much coaching talent coming up right now. Everybody wants these guys. These are offensive-minded geniuses that are all coming through the, the all coming through these incredible coaching dynasties. Get me one of these guys. And um Cal McNair, the current I guess I guess he's just operating because his mom still owns the his mommy still owns the 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 Texans outright. But he hired a pretty much a nobody, probably an interim uh, like guy before they um, get somebody else, like somebody just to like do one or two years, and they didn't hire a, a general manager that Deshaun Watson, you know, wanted to. The yeah. only research I did at all, not to harp on this too much, is like a bunch of uh, sort of right wing conspiratorial uh, YouTube pages who were discussing basically everything that you're talking about. Yeah. And what what do you think about this conspiracy that's going on, which is like the sexual assault claims yeah. are perpetuated by the team to basically combat Deshaun Watson acting autonomously and trying to sort of dictate his situation yeah. as a player. Do you think, I mean, I'm not asking yep. you to, to substantiate no, no. them because they're absolutely insane. I think it's like no, it's, the it's conspiracies absolutely... that like Busby lives near the team yeah. owner or something like that in Texas. So the... But yeah, the, the core the core of this is that um, Cal McNair and Tony Busby, the um, uh, the big celebrity lawyer who is representing, um, I believe it is 22 women uh, with allegations against Deshaun Watson, allegations that he kind of apropos, not really aligned with a lot of their their credentials or experience, slid into their DMs in various ways, asked them if they wanted to give him a massage um got them into a um situation where they were alone um was disrobed and slowly coerced them into uh sexual acts or physically moved their uh their hands or their bodies into contact with his uh against their uh, against their without consent um and so busby uh, busby and cal mcnair are two huge people in Houston culture. Busby is a celebrity lawyer who ran for mayor um, and Cal McNair owns the NFL team in a, a Texas, major Texas city. They live down the street from each other, mostly because it's just like the richest Houston suburb. Um, Busby says that he doesn't even know Hal McNair or, you know, got his name intentionally wrong, yada, yada, yada. And if it had been, I think if it had been one woman who said that Deshaun Watson did this, I think I, I probably would have been sitting in this chair being like plausible. And that's for two reasons. One, um, Deshaun Watson wants the fuck out of the team and they don't want him to go. And so taking a shot at him would be financially 
and you know would be would be financially in their best interest but because it's 22 women i don't believe that the other reason why i think that it would be plausible had it been say only one woman even though i would i would i would personally believe that uh, believe that woman but i wouldn't put it past the team from trying it because they currently have a Rasputin on the team. And he is a man named Jack Easterby. Jack Easterby is essentially their chaplain, but he has the ear of the owners in such a way that he has essentially moved himself into an assistant general manager position just by whispering into Cal McNair's ear. He is just kind of like a, a one of those weird, shouty, evangelical preachers. And ideally, it's good to separate yourself and to create a resume for yourself and to create uh, attention to yourself because you're looking at colleges, you're looking at things in order to establish a resume. So everybody's looking, how can I wear my socks different? How can I wear my batting gloves different? How can I bat differently? How can I stand differently? And what it does is create an atmosphere of entitlement or pride that really is a cancer to our culture. Um, and he is, by all accounts, just a, uh, a, a just a star fucker of the first order. Like he will, he will take your coat and your body and throw it in front of you know a celebrity to prevent them from stepping in a puddle. Um, he is. Uh, I really encourage everybody to take a look at some of the reporting that's been done <clears throat> on the career of Jack Easterby, because that is really the only way that you can describe him is a Rasputin, and it is in his repertoire to um, try and take people down through the press and through um, various you know uh, various tactics of intimidation. Um, um, one of the is it sorry is it common for teams to have chaplains? It's common for them to have chaplains, or as a lot of them refer to as character coaches, um, but none as like obviously like weirdly cutthroat and weirdly powerful as this guy. Um, he is uh, un, uh, he is imbued with unprecedented power, and it's led to a lot of people believing. For at first, they believed that that Easterby was the instrument of um, uh, of concocting these allegations against Deshaun Watson, but now everybody's like, holy shit, are we on a Jack Easterby like, like, um, like retribu retribution to her? Like, did he know? Is he the one who's trying to say, you know, is he now currently trying to save the Texans from like this horrible shit that Deshaun Watson was? Was he the one who hurt? Like, did he hear whispers? Did he try to say, no, no, Deshaun Watson is looking out for Deshaun Watson and we shouldn't, we shouldn't put too much stock into the things he wants. It's, it's a very strange dynamic because of, of, of Easterby. So all these people, so yeah, immediately there was lots of people who just like, no, this is bullshit. Just, you know, um, just, you know, white owners trying to take down a talented uh, black quarterback, which, you know, in American history, that holds a lot of water. Um, and with Jack Easterby and Cal McNair, I wouldn't, Put it past him. Jack, uh, Cal McNair famously um, during, I believe, CBA, uh, during CBA negotiations, or maybe it was TV, uh, TV rights um, uh, revenue split decisions. I can't remember what. Oh, you know what? I think it was actually Kaepernick related, like, what are we going to do uh, about like kind of um, uh, 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 black social justice issues within the NFL apparatus, mm -hmm. where he was just like, we can't give in to all these demands of the predominantly black player base because it would be like the prisoners running the asylum or the prisoners running the prison. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, he's a piece of shit. His dad, uh, his dad gave over between 2006 and 2015, I think, gave over like 1.5 million dollars to the uh, to the election funds of Mitch McConnell. So that's what that family's like. We are in a position now where, um, just the other day, um, and that's ridiculous. You know, uh, first they were sons of bitches, sons of bitches, whatever. It was. Now, yeah. now. Uh, Inmates? Like, I know some inmates. They don't pay taxes. Um, they're not community leaders. You know, they're not Jenkins flying to the White House and flying to D.C. and doing all these different things to make a difference. Uh, they're not Cap donating a million dollars. So. I mean, that's like, come on, man. Inmates? Like, that's, that's unacceptable. I wouldn't personally want to play for someone who viewed me as an inmate. Because I haven't done nothing in my life to be an inmate. So, you know, in order to be an inmate, you're either in a hospital or you're in prison. Well, I'm not in a hospital, and I'm for damn sure not in prison. So. What did anyone do to, and then you say, um, you know, some people comment on my post, said it's a figure of speech. I mean, agree or disagree, figure of speeches aren't okay in 2017. So, you know, um, if I come out and give a figure of speech that's not socially okay, I'm going to get fined. I'm going to get ridiculed if I come out and give a figure of speech on anything, whether that's race, whether that's sexual orientation, whatever that is, if I come out and give a figure of speech in 2017, I'm going to get ridiculed by any group that's formed to protect one's group. I'm going to be fined by the NBA. I'm going to be looked at ridiculous by the community. So why is that okay? I don't, I disagree with that. I don't, that's not, I mean, I don't see anyone out, out there that's, you know, an inmate, if you're an inmate, you're not playing. So, um, you know, they, they pay taxes just like he paid taxes. And you know, if I've if I've learned a bit about business, maybe more. So strong word to use about someone else's kids again. It's crazy. Uh one of the women finally uh uh came forward in a um uh in a press conference and said Deshaun Watson, you know, through this pattern that we've never, that we're establishing, um, sexually assaulted me, sexually harassed me. Um, and now he, I believe he has 20, I think it's, let me get this right. I think it's 21 civil lawsuits against him, one criminal lawsuit against him. And there is a complaint in with the Houston police department. Um, and all of this, all of this in, unless some stuff comes up from his previous years or his college years, 
started right at the beginning of COVID isolation in March 2020. Um, and if, if, if there's no context before that, then it's just like, like what the fuck did, did isolation, how, how did being isolated like play into this? Like how did CDE play into this? How did him being, you know, um, uh, known so early as to as a candidate for for fame and fortune and the hall of fame and yada 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 like that kind of privilege and 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 entitlement play into this and it is it's a it's a fucking mess and it's uh it's really putting some final nails into you know my lifelong love of this this sport and this league and uh yeah that's kind of where that's kind of where it stands right now by the way, just before I forget, sorry, Abdul, um, that okay. same uh, YouTube page that I was listening to, I'm not going to signal boost them, um, was going a bit deeper into another conspiracy that's coming up that I'm not sure if you heard about. One of the um, accusations in the statement is that um, one of the masseuses suffered so much uh, psychological damage that she hadn't been able to work. And uh, and this is like I'm I'm not getting into the actual conspiracy, but I'm also talking about NFL fans who are, yeah. I guess, associated with this podcast and podcasts like this went on to investigate sort of this masseuse's business and find out that her business has been flourishing and she's been taking lots of patience ever since uh, these ever since the statement and before that. And while I think that's total fucking that that's just like a stupid thing to harp on. And this is also the same kind of page that was like kind of laughing at ESPN for, you know, upholding Deshaun Watson for real substantial things that he was doing this summer and then being like, hi, you woke fucking networks. Look what happened to your golden boy it is. Do you, I guess I'm bringing this up to ask, like, do you think the, the types of fans that watch the NFL are also perpetuating these problems? Like there's nothing, there's no loud hand wringing. Like whenever there's sexual assault allegations in the NBA, like the ones that Abdul and I mentioned comparatively to the, to the NFL from what I see, it's like, the opposite it's it's like there's QAnon in the nfl uh, yeah i mean generally there's there's the stuff with the nfl not to say anything is okay tends to be for i mean reasons i think you described clinton um or maybe just as a matter of it being a larger league like more highly publicized and more bad you know what i mean yeah, like right it's it's i think you should never grade these things on a scale but there's obviously a difference between like Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, emergent serial rapist versus like, you know, single instant relations between like Terrence Davis and someone else. Right. Yeah. I mean, both should be uh, like obviously prosecuted and punished to the fullest extent yeah. uh, possible and stuff like that. But like, you know, there there is that key difference. But also like in a lot of ways, it might just be that the NBA has been better at hiding it. You know what I mean? Like, do you remember when? Right when Kobe had his uh, trial, right, for rape, um, what what was his thing about Shaq? He's like, Shaq does the same thing. He just pays them more. Like, was his... Was that what he said? It was I something that along in my Kobe those research. Lines. Yeah, like, um, it was something along those lines um, where he, he basically said, yeah, report, Kobe said Shaq paid women hush money. <laughs> right? And which Shaq uh, dismissed, hey, wow, 
Bryant snitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, like just what a weird way to like take away, um, take like responsibility away from yourself. Right. But like, yeah. And then O'Neill replied saying it's, it's ridiculous that you would accuse me of spending up to a million dollars in hush money to various women. Yeah. Um, so is there's it, shit it, like that. Yeah. Does it also have to do anything to do with like the different, players unions like as we were talking about with yeah. terrence davis and even the santa cruz warrior situation like there seems to be a stronger um safety net for yeah. players in l- other leagues and then in the nfl it's not even so much that there's no safety for them but it's a wild west it's sort of like let it play out antonio brown you're out of the league for four months the moment this is blown over a team is going to pick you up right yeah. And and everything everything in the NFL from the fans to the owners um, is all I think a lot more conservative um, and a lot more uh, a lot more diffuse and a lot whiter. Um, Robert Kraft just re-signed Cam Newton though, isn't he a good guy? Isn't oh, Robert totally. Kraft a nice a nice man? <laughs> yeah, you also lack you also lack like the um, uh, the various owners that um, have some pretense of like liberalism. Like there is no NFL equivalent of like a Mark Cuban, um, who you know I think wants to a certain extent to be seen as like a an acceptable member of of kind of democrat society um i think another part of it is uh, again is that the nfl has a ton of money to burn and it fairly evenly distributes distributes it to your to cbs fox nbc uh yes um espn like it, everybody gets a cut um in a in a big way and and i think there's just too much there's just too much financial momentum for these things to take center stage, um, and 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 because the I think I, I think I mentioned this the in the NBA there's just fewer people, and because of that exclusivity, each one of those people I think are more on average more famous than football players. Like nobody, you know, like I can't even think of like like nobody listens too much to a kicker but like even like the sixth best person on the you know lakers people probably know kuzma um yeah like uh (laughs) yeah you had that you had that ready to go the uh the other thing i think that's worth recognizing is like and and we've said this before like players unions are a really interesting bag of mixed politics because yeah. they they take the best aspects of a regular union and the worst aspects of a cop union and they sort of smash them together right so yeah. the NFL NBA MLB uh and NHL all actually need the union to consider existing because the union is what allows them to violate the Sherman Act um <laughs> The unions are indispensable to uh, teams violating antitrust law in order to secure the best bottom line for themselves. So they're very reliant on unions to exist and very reliant on unions to act like company unions, right? Sometimes that works out, like in the NFL. Sometimes it doesn't, like in the NHL. Um, But also, like... In the, in the same way they leverage unions for their own, like, capital interests, they can also leverage the union to... Uh, you know, run interference for sexual assault and domestic violence that would blow back poorly on the league, right? As we saw with Terrence Davis, uh, for example, right? There's no union stipulation that allows them to like circumvent, uh, circumvent everything that's going on. Just say that like whatever the court 
finds admissible is what we go on. They have to open up their right. own investigation. The league can't do anything. The Raptors can't do anything about it, right? He also yeah. happened to just play just shitty enough for it to sort of go go with the win, you know what I mean? And for people to ignore it. Like, I, there was maybe one game where they were definitely broke the CBA rules that you mentioned earlier, Abdul, where he probably should have spoken, but... The Raptors literally just were hoping that he was going to be like shit enough that they could ignore it. And then they shipped him off for exact like we all knew that was going to happen. They were good. They were going to play him just enough, ship him off for a second round pick pick and then move on with it. Um, but I guess to your point, Clint, like the allegations are never they, they never are what you were saying, Abdul. Sorry, the allegations between the leagues that we're mentioning, although we're not trying to equate on a scale like are completely different and completely different in publicity, like. there's a lot of famous small players in the NBA, but there's a lot of famous crimes in the NFL. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, 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 it is really strange at how the crimes of, of NFL players just seemingly lacks, like lacks the traction. It's just like, nobody seems to really, it's like, it's almost like they're given the benefit of the doubt immediately. Um, whereas, and maybe this is also a, a racist thing. It's just, it just seems like, I don't know. I think everybody really takes their cues from the shield, from the NFL itself and the NFL, like in the, in, when it came to Ray Rice, they were essentially just like, well, they, they were all but being like, she, she provoked him. You know, that's what you get. Like that was the tone of the NFL through the entire thing. And it's just, yeah, I, I, I fail I, I, I fail to say anything interesting about it. It's just so fucking sad being a fan of this um being a fan of this this league year after year. There's one good uh, uh leftist NFL podcast called uh that that was used to be a podcast that was called I Am Ready for Some Football. Um and it uh they he just he just eventually had to be like, I can't watch football anymore. This is just fucking awful. And he, uh, yeah. he he closed up shop. It was a fairly popular podcast, is from what I remember too. So. I don't hear that about a lot of other sports. You know, I don't no. hear a lot of people be like, you know, I had to quit like baseball. It's just like yeah. it's too much for me on a moral uh, on a moral level. Yeah, you only hear that over and over again about football, uh, especially in in Canada and people yeah. who are watching it outside of America and outside of like in America, at least they have the tradition and the yeah. generational sort of pass down of this, like of the national pastime. But yeah. yeah, it's quite depressing, especially when we're so close to it and we should be like a great audience for the NFL. But I think most of us in Canada uh, are, you know, we're smarter than Americans, so we can fucking and see just, past. We like, have our own CFL. <laughs> we have our own like CFL obsession that we discovered when we had some mistakes on our yeah. CFL podcast episodes. <laughs> like, the, um, uh, the, it's 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 quite something too because the NFL is bad on every level. It's bad on the player safety level. It's bad on the uh, NFL like treatment of women. It's bad on the NFL's treatment of criminality. It's bad on uh, labor race. practices. It's bad on race. It's bad on uh, impact to municipalities and getting plum deals uh, out of taxpayers to get arenas. It's bad on the uh, the source of wealth of every one of these fucking owners. It's bad on like every, every aspect of it is probably a net negative for society except for that it's a fun sport to watch the best thing they might have done is push out donald trump from ever being an owner you know sorry <laughs> sorry about that but it no, is like a little cartel fair. yes 
Um, and that's like, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause like, I've completely given up on any pretense of like moral responsibility while watching sports, especially after starting this. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I only started watching football after we started doing this podcast. Cause I was just like, well, what's the fucking point? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. um, college sports is where I draw the line for now. I still watch the Baylor championship game, uh, go, go murder ball, I guess. But like, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, it's, so what, I guess to sort of end it, like Clinton, like not optimistically, not pessimistically, but sort of in your objective opinion, what is the most most likely outcome for what happens with Deshaun Watson? Uh, I believe Deshaun Watson will. Um, I believe he will be put on the uh, on the exception list. Um, he will. I don't think he'll play another down of NFL football. Honestly, wow. Um, they'll make they'll they'll use him to sort of. Um, like they'll, they'll, they're going to set a new precedent precedent with uh, Deshaun I think, Watson. I think it's finally coming. And I think just like the sheer numbers is going to crush him. If it had been half as many, if it had been a quarter as many, I think he would have, you know, taken two years off and then ended up, you know, in Cleveland, um, in short order. But I think the actual magnitude of this, uh, and just the sheer number of like <laughs> Instagram, uh, direct messages and text messages and him um him like following up and being like did i did i make you uncomfortable like you should come back type thing like um i i think i think fuck i think he might actually uh, i bet you he gets like a suspended five-year prison sentence doesn't actually see the inside goes to probation but never plays another down of nfl football and it's just like part of me is just like fuck that guy because of look at all this thing look at all this shit that he probably did but another like the the part of me that's been watching this since i was five is just like what a fucking shame what a waste of talent and that i think is probably yeah that's a really problem that's a really bad part of myself that i think is probably shared in various magnitude uh, across every nfl fan and we're just like fuck well, I think I think it's healthier to be de- sort of depressed about it than you are, right? Like the the shows that I was watching on YouTube are so filled with like anger and vitriol towards all the other actors in the story, whether it be the woke ESPN networks or like, you yeah. know, I mean, Nike is kind of playing into that anxiety because they didn't even drop Deshaun Watson from what they I dropped understand, him right? Today. They, yeah, they suspended him, though. Oh, from what I understand, today. it's a suspended okay. endorsement. So isn't that indicating that they're sort of anticipating the possibility that the NFL will prevail and Deshaun Watson will, will be on the, like we'll be playing in a year or so, but I think, uh, and not to speak ill of the dead, I think they're hoping for a Kobe. I think they're hoping that in a couple of years, it it, it like kind of blows over in the legal realm. A couple of years, everybody only starts looking at his like exceptional play. And by, you know, year 10, it's, you know, fashionable again to call him your favorite player. Right. Um, And I guess like my very, very last question is, do you think, do you think the punishment would have been, what you expect the punishment to be would have been different if there were two other circumstances? One, if he was white or two, if he was less vocal about stuff like Black Lives Matter do you think do you think there would have been more sort of the NFL running cover for him, more of a like culture of secrecy around it? Like, do you think I th- um, those I two think play so. the factor? Yeah, I think so. In the last couple of years, you've really seen Goodell, uh, Roger Goodell, Commissioner of the NFL, take like a 
um, kind of like a just takes a step back for a couple weeks and sees where the wind is going. So I think 10 years ago, I would have said yes, if he was if he was a white quarterback, he would have gotten uh, way more cooperation um, and and goodwill from the league. I think now I think now he's still probably getting a little worse, uh, probably worse treatment than than a white quarterback would be, honestly. Um, I think his Black Lives Matter um, work at this point, I don't think they can publicly touch it, but I'm like the ownership does not like that shit at all. Not one tiny fucking bit. And they made that very clear and with with Colin Kaepernick and they they said like, look, if you're going to be political and speak out on civil rights issues, you're going to be I mean, sure, you'll be in the league and you'll be playing, but you're not going to be our friend. And uh, yeah, so do I think it would be as as bad as it was? Ten, uh, do I think it is as bad as it would have been ten years ago? No, but do I think he's getting going to get kind of worse response from the NFL because he's a uh, you know a black quarterback? Absolutely. Yeah, that tracks. Wasn't Jay Z supposed to? Sorry, I was. Oh, no, I was just going to say, wasn't Jay Z supposed to solve all this for us? Because that's what I would, I thought was going on when he just dismissed. What did he say again about Colin Kaepernick? We're not doing that anymore. We're past it. I mean, we're no. clearly not past it, and the problem is clearly more complicated. Yeah. Apologize, Abdul. No, it's okay. Jay Z. Jay Z was uh, was born. What was it? Was he born the day Fred Hampton died? Um, you know, Jesus. so <laughs> he, he loves to bring that up. He loves yeah. to say he's the second coming of. Fred Hampton. So, Yuck. uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, I think 0.5% owner of the Brooklyn Nets or something. Good for you, Jay Z. You're going to hoist that trophy. Didn't he sell his, did his he sell stake it? and didn't he buy a stake in a football team? Yeah. He, he, he does have a yeah. huge deal with the, with the, um, NFL. That was his thing. Cause Jay Z really, oh yeah. He sold his Brooklyn Nets shares to Jason Kidd. Uh, I, I was very wrong, but yeah, Jay Z, Jay Z wants to buy a sports team yeah, um, and stake his claim in football. Right. Cause that, that really is like, and this is something I've, I've been researching a lot for uh, projects I'm writing and stuff like that. Like the measure of success in America is not being Elon Musk or Bill Gates. Like it really isn't. You know what I mean? Like those people are just, filthy rich but the measure of success in america is owning a sports franchise right because of the it's both the billionaire aspect but also the exclusivity because as you mentioned it is a cartel yeah right and people who are allowed into that club are what you could call like the quote-unquote most special of of all the filthy rich people in america the types of guys who are on the epstein flight logs basically yeah Yeah, pretty much yeah like there's Um, like there's lots of islands in the united states you can you know you can be president fairly easily as we've seen um like there's really there's really nothing more exclusive like it's the it's the one thing where there's the fewest things to buy yeah, so. that that and going to Little St. James, the two most exclusive <laughs> reaches for billionaires in the United States. Uh, Clinton, thank you so much. Oh, uh, thank where, you guys. Uh, where can people find you? Any last thoughts? Now's uh, the time. As uh, yeah, as I said, I'm at uh, uh, the Alberta Advantage. Um, our uh, uh, albertaadvantagepod.com, I believe, is the uh, URL. You'll find it. You're, you're a millennial. You're fine. Um, I am at uh, uh, albertaadvantage.substack.com um, is where our newsletter is. And I'm at Stoic Romance on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I just like, I needed a place to put all my, all my uh, angst about fucking football and yeah i was just like i gotta talk to these guys i gotta talk it, it, it out 
it's almost, uh, I think, beneficial to the subject that this is going to come out a little bit later because we're not going to allow, like, the results and sort of the fallback to really paint what happened. Like, I think the way we focused on, like, the granular when it comes to ownership, you know, at labor uh, labor relations, as we like to discuss on this podcast, and CTE, potentially things that will not be brought up other than, as you described, the defense, uh, yeah. the defense's shield. So I, I, I think I really appreciate you kind of allowing us to create this little time capsule about the subject because I think it will it will serve to illustrate important points that people may or may not miss, and also people who don't really watch football and don't follow it as closely as we do, especially in Canada, will yeah. learn something about the league that they should really know about. It's my pleasure. Next time I'll come and we'll talk about something fun. Yeah, oh, come yeah. back any come back anytime. And uh, with that, that's another episode in Season 2 of Off Court Podcast. It appears we are doing 11 episodes this season for you. Um, but one of them is an interview. Well, two of them is an interview, I guess. So that's cool. And yeah, I, I'm Abdul at Socialist Raptor on Twitter. Uh, I am Aton at Rabbi Die Hardman on Twitter, and uh, and with that we will see you next. I still think that's that's your fi- some of your finest work yet, Aton. It's not. Uh, it's oh damn. I, I I need to rework. I'll go back to Extreme Orgasm. However, how about that? <laughs> I like that one. That's one I can get behind <laughs> and in front of, hopefully. And uh, take it easy, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you like this episode, if you like our engaging, astute, brilliant, beautiful political analysis, and you want to find out more or hear more from people who are almost but not as quite as good as we are, uh, you can you can check out Harbinger's entire cross-country lineup of podcasts. Just kidding. They're very smart and very beautiful and very hot. We love them. Um, you can check out Harbinger's cross-country lineup of podcasts. Get access to exclusive shows and content at harbingermedianetwork.com. And you can check out all the podcasts, all the content, all the awesome work being done at The Mind Refinery online and uh, and all their other stuff at themindrefinery.com. 